0: good morning faith fellowship good to see you if you guys have bibles be turning to 20 we're gonna try a herculean effort and try to finish this chapter today (laughs) and not fall out the window (laughs) from sleep Cause uh we are about three stories up. And so uh there's nothing waiting for you nice if you fall out this window behind Brother Pharaoh there. Um, okay. So now look, the Acts chapter 20. You know where we were. We kind of just made a joke about the dear brother. It's because he lived. <laughs> I wouldn't otherwise, but There was a situation here where now we're seeing something very unique in uh, Acts chapter 20, like we said last week and even the week before, and really just to kind of help those that are following along for the first time this morning, we need to be looking at the fact that the ministry of Paul is changing and he still has a heart for the gospel. That means that maybe uh, in unwritten or said rather, Uh, We are probably, you know, going to see this guy is going to still be those that he comes in contact with. But now it is starting to detail other events that are going to really kind of outline the rest of his days. And so with this and this chapter in particular, you see something and and really just to help ourselves out. I have this here, this too. Primarily, what you're seeing is a focus on those individuals that are believers in the various places that he is visiting. And so if we just kind of go down here and kind of do a chapter breakdown, another thing I just wanted to, for those of you that are not in one of our Bible studies, you want to join one of our Bible studies, um, this is something that you would have to do you're going to study it for yourself you kind of want to get a chapter breakdown and find a theme to that so that will really help guide your study and so let's see if i know what i'm talking about in that first verse there is too much to read that's why i'm doing this <laughs> but the in the first verse it says and that uproar was ceased, Paul called unto him the disciples. And so we see there, there's a call unto those disciples in Ephesus. This is after an uproar had taken place and the great conversation that, that is there with, uh, between uh, uh, Demetrius and the kind of this angry mob that started up and they're offended and just seeing that Paul is basically promoting Christ, not Diana and uh and so there's kind of an uproar from that if you were not with us you go back and look at that that is next uh chapter 19 but then you see that he doesn't leave hastily but he wants to make sure that hey guys all right this is happening just they understand perhaps new territory for some of these uh recent converts or these leaders is good for them to just be encouraged man, we love that around here, right? It's like anytime we can get some time with Pastor Sam or Pastor James or any of our, of our pastors, it's good to just hear from them. It's going to be okay, right? And so you, you see that. Then you kind of see in verse two and, and, and Macedonia and that group there that there is an exhortation that has taken place. And, and it says in verse two, and when he had gone over those parts and had given them much exhortation, He came into Greece. And so now you're seeing that it's it's saying that there's a lot of dialogue. And so he's revisiting places that are established churches, places that he had once shared the gospel with, once seen leadership established there. And so he's going back and just making the rounds. And, And that's something else also that we kind of talk about just in terms of the way it's not MBT didn't come up with the idea. It's just something biblically that we see. It's good for us to visit those places that we have, you know, planted. We don't want to leave Boston or Tampa or Lee Summit or when when Vietnam starts. We don't want to leave those places hanging. Larry, you see that we often go there to visit them and to encourage them. And so in this situation, it's a little bit different because what Paul understands is he may not see them again. He's going to kind of say that later on, we'll see, not to get ahead of myself. But so these this dialogue with them is sure that everything that he has given them can be fully established. If they had questions, this is now time for you to ask me why me because after this on you verse four, the, the key leaders are listed by name and you kind of see that just the importance of that. And one thing that we had talked about in the past weeks is just, that as we are uh, growing in, in ministry, we want to always be replacing ourselves. Uh, it is absolutely my heart that uh, Faith Fellowship's future leader is currently sitting with us or yet be a part of us. But I'm not looking at this like if I left, that all of a sudden Faith Fellowship would end. It would change its name, it would run by a, a, a well-equipped man that the, that the Lord would choose. And so, if this is kind of a farewell tour for Paul, it's nice to see these names of these individuals that are are with him. They also get to get equipped and ask the question, see the work up close. In verse 7, it says, and upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them ready to depart on the morrow and continue his speech until midnight. And so that, remember last week we had mentioned that because it's important to note that you're starting to see what we understand of Sunday worship. Uh, you see that key wording there, first day of the week, okay, being that, that being on Sunday, and they're coming together to break bread. This is going to be a communion, not just to have supper. OK, so you're just seeing that and just throws that in there. But it's also showing you just something that these things are kind of established. And so, again, there's preaching that's going to take place. This is obviously when the, at this point now he's in uh, um, Troas. And so, remember, five day journey, seven days there, kind of a short window, really, for the, all the amount of time of journey, but still nonetheless important to him. Take note of that, just that Paul is not, man, for him, he's not inconvenienced by things like that, like travel, like we might be, and something that we grow from, right? Just it's worth it to go. It's worth it to endure the difficulty of travel in order to go and be where it is that God has called you to be. Okay, and so then in verse 17, I know we kind of skip a lot right there, but just important to see there is that he sends for the elders in Ephesus to join him in Miletus. One of the kind of uh, sweet things about this is uh, Matthew Henry, one of the great commentators, alludes to the fact that he has such a hard time leaving Ephesus. He loves them. He wants to spend time. And so because he is diligent to make sure he gets to Jerusalem, he's like, come to where I'm at. (laughs) It's easier for you to come because get around you man I'm gonna just want to hang out you know and uh I love that you know just about Paul as a, as a spiritual father and just wanting to spend that time but yeah so now he calls him out Miletus is not that far away uh it is said that this is would be a city close to Ephesus and so not that not that difficult and then you start to see a shift at first it sounds like a travel itinerary you- Glimpses of exhortation is taking place and preaching is taking place and the you know the kind of long-winded and those kinds of things and so you are getting a sense that this is a farewell, but now you actually get to see Paul's heart open up and and what it is that he's going to lay out and why our title is what it is this morning from discipleship to stewardship. So now in verse eighteen and nineteen. I would say there, you know, my testimony, if this is Paul speaking, you know, my testimony and those testimonies of hardship, these guys, these leaders that he's called from Ephesus to come to Miletus, well, they know how he was treated of the Jews. In verse 19 in particular, just so it says, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying and weight of the Jews. Man, they got a chance to see that up close and personal. Then it goes on. He would say, you know, my testimony of doctrine, which would be verses 20 and 21. And I love how he says in verse 20 and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you. Man, that is a powerful statement. I didn't just say empty words. I didn't just say things that just make you feel better. I told you things that were profitable unto you because you don't know what thus saith the Lord. And he's like, I'm telling you what it says because he heard from the Lord himself. That's critical. The next thing that we kind of see 22 through 24, I love it. I just kind of phrase it like this. I don't know exactly what is coming, but the spirit is leading. I will be used of God and I'm prepared for trouble. Believer, in this day and age that we live in, do we have that same sentiment of peace knowing that trouble is coming? Perhaps it is that you are concerned about the state of things in this country, um, whether it's gas prices, housing bubble crash, now just the, the war on Twitter for the, uh, Roe v. Wade is unreal ugly, Um, the hatred for the church has now just taken its jacket off. Nobody's holding back now. And yet, (laughs) Paul, let's just glance at that. 22 through 24, and now behold, I go bound unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, and save the Holy Ghost, witness it in every city. I love that. He's like, man, <laughs> Holy Ghost is going to do what it's going to do through me. Saying that bonds and afflictions abide me, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Boy, that's his answer. If Paul, hey, that's what he would say. when he, I'm not worried about going on. Spirits leading going to work and so it's important for you to have an anchor as we see a shifting tide in this country more and more we've often said it and i think really we've just given it you know it's kind of been the thing like oh yeah pastors say over the years the last you know hundred years they've been saying it and now you see it you feel it You feel that strain. What are you going to do? I pray that you finish your course course with joy as well. Verse twenty nine. There needs to be an understanding here. You will be attacked. Thirty through thirty one. You will need to warn the saints. 32, you need to remember that you serve the living God. Remember that I said about in Numbers, Joshua is talking to the nation of Israel and he's essentially giving them an option. What are you going to do? And they're, you know, they're kind of at this point of decision and they're like, man, we're going to serve the Lord. And he very just tactfully says, okay, you're witnesses against yourselves then. It just, I, you know, it's one of those things where you feel like the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Spirit grabbed your shirt. <laughs> Are you listening? It's like, uh, I am now. <laughs> I'm a witness against myself because I said yes. Don't forget it. It's an important thing to consider. Verse 33, you know, I was not motivated by money. And there wasn't anything of gain that he got. Mostly what we saw happen to Paul is uh, a guy on the run. It's like the biblical version of the movie, The Fugitive. (laughs) So uh, he didn't get a chance to collect much because he was having to run for his life, (laughs) you know. And he wouldn't have anyway. That's just the integrity that that man has. I love also is that, you know, I work. Paul worked. You know, one of the things is he didn't just live off the fat of the ministry as people are growing. Because when you have influence, like, you can, you can get yourself fried chicken dinner every Sunday if you, if you weaseled your way around like that. But uh, I'm good. <laughs> Paul's good. I'm going to go to work, and I will eat chicken and ribs if I want to. Because <laughs> I have work to do. Right? Okay. In verse 35, you know what the ministry work involves. And then the last thing is goodbye, 36 through 38. And so that's essentially to the saints. But the thing that I want to leave with you this morning is that you're also seeing transfer from discipleship to stewardship. And on, on one hand, if you think about it, it could be easily like, well, have to work together yes i'm not abandoning discipleship but i have to understand stewardship comes with different responsibility by definition discipleship is the condition or situation of being a disciple a follower or a student of some philosophy especially a follower of christ yes <laughs> i like that letter of course this is from you know See, being a disciple is a lifelong endeavor, but we must add to this stewardship. Stewardship, what by definition is that? The job of supervising or taking care of something, such as an organization or a property. Man, aren't we the Lord's property that we have before us? is his property. It said, steward that. Get this down, the danger of only being a learner is I may never accept the responsibility of ministry. The danger of only being a learner is I may never accept the responsibility of ministry. We have people very much that have finished D1 and still cannot find their way to Bible study consistently find their way to church consistently, do not come to prayer consistently, have not invested the word of God, do not share the gospel. But they had knowledge. And they learned something. And it ain't doing nobody any good. We should be done with that, believer. We gotta be done with that. No longer... uh, should we treat this like a spectator sport and we cheer on those that we see that are the, the most talented in our minds among us. That's ridiculous and immature. And I pray this morning that we consider to go from discipleship to stewardship.
1: And so let's start out here. Our, um, where's that
0: Dylan? That's not not it. That's not the right thing. Uh, fellas, (laughs) did did you email my line? Hey, we got a little technical difficulty. We're not going to let that disrupt us. Uh, while these guys sort that out, just follow me. Listen to me. Okay. The first thing I want you to write down, disciples need to get alone with God. Disciples need to get along with God. If you have your Bible, be putting your eye on verse 13. And when you're looking at verse 13, it says, And we went before to ship and sailed unto acessals. there intending to take in Paul, for so had, had he appointed, minding himself to go afoot. He takes a walk. And the interesting thing, again, from our one of our great commentators, Matthew Henry, is that this was hard enough that I'm making this transition. See, I think there's something about picking out a ministry and not running from it. And you know what you do when you pick that? You got to get along with God. Sometimes you don't always have the comfort of everybody around and so you just need to get with god like and tell him everything i'm scared i don't want to i don't like it i need some comfort from you do you take the time to do that in mark 1:35, it says and in the morning rising up a great while before day he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed listen we are at a point now the case. But because things are rapidly changing and what can happen with the with what kind of see happening is you just you're just melding into whatever the world says.
1: Now listen, God, that's over with. Cuz now you're listening to the one true one.
0: You got to carve out that time to get into that solitary place. I love it. Matthew Henry says that he might inure himself to hardship and to seem to indulge, not to indulge his ease that he would by voluntary instances of mortification and self-denial, keep under the body and bring it unto subjection that he might make his sufferings for Christ. Man, that's Paul's life. That's the life of a disciple. And generally speaking, what we want is ease. And you know what happens when we have it easy God? You just, I mean, it's going good. Why don't you talk to him? He's obviously listening because it's working out for me. <laughs> Man,
1: believer, get with God, get alone, get up,
0: wake up. It goes on to say, just as some of the other things that I kind of wanted to point out to you in verse sixteen, for Paul had determined to sail by Ephesus because he would not spend the time in Asia. You know, we kind of talked about that a little bit, and one of the things it had mentioned, just so it, we understood, like the time frame after the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So essentially, it's fifty days between the Passover, which would be the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, to Pentecost. There's like a 50-day window he's trying to, to make all these travel plans in that window in order to get to Jerusalem by that, by that time frame, just so you kind of understand what his, that, uh, that motion is for him to like, I'm determined really to get there. Something else of note too, that he was big on making sure that the Gentiles had some potential investment in taking care of the saints in Jerusalem. We kind of see that in uh, Romans 15, 24 through 28. I'll just read it out aloud uh, to you. It says, but now I go into Jerusalem and minister unto the saints for it hath pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. It hath pleased them verily and their debtors they are for if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual things, their duty also is also, excuse me, to minister unto them in carnal things. I love that. When therefore I perform this and have sealed to them this fruit, I will come by you into Spain. And so it could be that he's got a little gift for them as well, just in terms of that transference, you know, and why he uh, intentionally wants to get there. Something else of note too is, yes, he is the apostle to Tiles. And his home base of operation would be that uh, church of Antioch. He's still honored the apostles that were there and would probably even want to visit. Hey, just check in. You guys doing all right? I'm doing okay. Let me tell you what's been going on. You know, that's sort of thing as well. And so that is why you would see just that hastened. There's a lot of things on his agenda, a lot of possibilities potentially for him wanting to be in Jerusalem. But again, I love again that he's still just taking the time out to get with God by himself. And so to our next Key point, discipleship should grow
1: leaders. Discipleship should grow leaders. Now this, awesome.
0: Um, (laughs) I want you to take a picture of this um, because there's just some things you need to come away with here when you're looking at that. For my leaders, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And he's asking them to come. And now you have to understand something. Just for the sake of time, you can go back and look at these references. But these are the overseers. Acts 20, verse 28. And I love this about discipleship. Elders are the fruit from the work of biblical discipleship. Acts 14, 23. And when they had ordained them, elders in every church and had prayed with fasting. They commended them to the Lord in whom they believed. Something else of note about elders. Elders are part of the Why is that important? Because you have to understand that uh, I didn't say pastor. I said elder. They're a part of that structure as well. They should be heard. If there is wisdom being given, counsel being given, you should consider it. If the church is deeming that individual an elder out of that because the lord surely does elders should be appreciated for their work for the body um, uh, body of christ in first timothy 517 it says let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor especially they who labor in the word and doctrine now listen i know so those of you that are paying attention you might go Dale's trying to promote himself no No, I'm not. I'm actually just trying to fight for unity because that should be a component of discipleship. True discipleship should mean I'd be an advocate for unity and that when structure is in place, I don't look to undermine it. Okay, I'm just saying. Not that any of you do me like that. You guys are all loving to me. I love you dearly. Great, but understand something the honor that you would give to me if this church says it or we have our various ladies, oh my God, especially in this class, the various ladies in this class that we are like elder women. Do you hold them in that regard? Do you seek to be like those that lead us? I mean, it's something to be said about that. And so for my, Next key point is disciples will be persecuted. Verse 18, disciples will be persecuted. And when they were come to him, he said to them, you know, from the first day that I came into Asia and after what manner I've been with you at all seasons. So what was Paul's manner? Again, for the sake of time, we'll just kind of give you uh, uh, the cliff notes. One of his manner mannerisms is to protect the testimony of the ministry. You see that in second Corinthians six, three through
1: 11. See, there's something about the, how we should function in ministry that should be blameless. This is
0: like, and you know, where we get a chance to do that and learn that is in Bible study. Now, let me just say, and I'm not even in a way. If you're going to have people in your house for Bible study, clean your house. I don't care that you have children. Clean your house. Seriously. I have guests coming over to your house and they have to, you know, because, you know, people are looking. If they're first timers, you know how they do? They scan the room and it's the corners where the little pests love appearances. <laughs> and so just how do you, does your house say welcome, come in, or does it say out of here as soon as this is over? and never come back. I mean, really. Be blameless. We don't need any more reasons for people to not come to church, there are many. Let's stop adding to the list, just in our conduct and by our words. Careful in these days going forward of how you respond on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Perhaps it is quiet. Because one side of conversation on social media. So you just make statements. That's not a, we're not talking. You're just making a statement. And then of course you're offended. So everybody's statement is just yelling. So now I'm not actually listening, am I? I? If you get a chance to talk and, and say what truth is, man, you're going to have to do that face-to-face or at least ear-to-ear. Don't be lulled into the foolishness of social media. The other thing about Paul's ministry and in the terms of his manner is it was Holy Spirit-led, 1 Thessalonians 1, 5 and 6. That hard work and simple truth were applied to it, 1 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 10. That he lived out what was taught 2 Thessalonians 3, 7 through 9. And then listen, get this, transparent without oversharing. Um, okay. I know when you want to share your testimony, you want to really show how sinful you were. But that can be more of a detriment than it can be Helpful. Okay? Tighten it up. Focus is not how awful and disgusting you were.
1: Okay? The focus is, is who you
0: are now in Christ. If you need help, 2 Timothy 3.10 says this, but thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience. <laughs> okay? and I was disgusting. No. Let the people see the things that in your life. I think a lot of times we rely so heavily on trying to be relatable versus you don't trust actually that the viewpoint from scripture is solid. Man, I can see that God is all over you. I don't need to know all these other details. Man. Doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering charity, patience. I mean, if you can communicate patience, you already are amazing. Because <laughs> most of us in the States are not patient. Just look on our highways and see how people act. Or in the grocery store, you stand too close to me, now you stand too close. Basket off my heels. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, no patience. Christmas, supposed to be... Of the Lord, it's the worst time <laughs> Americans act horribly. <laughs> okay, and so listen, there's something else too about this that I just wanted to make sure to hone in on. In verse 19, it says, Serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptation, which befell me by lying in the way of the Jews. I can use this now. I don't have to let my guys do this. <laughs> um, Acts 27, 23. Service by nature should rem- remind us of being in a lowered state. That scripture says this. For there stood by me this night, the angel of God, whose I am. You don't belong to you. That's over with. Do you forget you signed that agreement? Oh, you didn't write it with a pen. That's right. Because it got signed in blood. Jesus' blood. In fact, you don't belong to you. So you're already in a lowered state. So stop trying to fight for your rights. You don't have any. Whose I am, and I love this, and whom I serve. John 12, 26. If any man serve me, let him follow me. Where I am, there shall all also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. See, Get this, biblical service is pleasing to the
1: Lord and he will honor you for it. Biblical service is pleasing to the Lord and he will honor you for it.
0: But you've got to understand something. If you're going to serve, it comes at a price and with a reward, yes. The price will be self, your weakness, and even your love of others. And I'll give you that list there. Of self, 2 Corinthians 3.5. It's going to cost you something to serve. This is not something that you put in concert on your agenda. It is your agenda. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10, and weakness.
1: 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. And then 2 Corinthians
0: 2, 4, love of others. It has a price. Paul was willing to pay that price, which is why when we look at him, we tend to look at him like he's a hero, maybe even a superhero. No, the man was just focused. And I like that his focus is from a human perspective. There's nothing supernatural about it. That means I could do this. I could have an impact in this world. I could. I could understand that I'm. I'm low, and that is above me, and I'm totally okay with that. I can understand that service is gonna come at a price. You know, one of the things that this would kind of even just allude to. Think about it. What I said. He loves spending that time in Ephesus. I mean, he spent years there, right? And now he's like, I wanna hang out, but I can't, for me. I wait, when we're done, go home, I will continue on what I gotta do. That's a sacrifice.
1: You don't think he wants to hang out?
0: But sometimes that's what we do, right? We'll kinda, we'll make excuses. Oh, I was having a good time, and the Lord's like, "Do we get together? He was having a good time. I never talked to you. Anyway, next, discipleship must communicate sound doctrine. And remember, as we we're trying to, the thing is, is that he is laying this foundation out. He is showing us and, and, and we learn from. Discipleship must communicate sound doctrine, verse 20, and how I kept that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. And so get this, Moses and Paul both say something very similar. Deuteronomy 4, 5, Moses, behold, I have taught you statutes and judgment, even as the Lord my God commanded me that you should do so in the land, whether you go to possess it. I love that. You don't like it. Take it up with the Lord. <laughs> that just makes, I get to slide out from beside that.
1: Paul says,
0: 1 Corinthians 15, three, for I delivered unto you first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Listen, discipleship, if it's in, in order for it to truly take place, it can't be off of your ideas and your opinion. When you are teaching others, you better be teaching them sound doctrine or else we will pull your card. I'm not kidding. If we get any word, that kind of thing, and we will do it gracefully, but your card is still being pulled in Jesus' name, which is that I can do anything as long as I end it in Jesus' name, right? That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you have been removed. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Go sit down. The lobby. <laughs> get one of those mints. And so it's just the kind of thing that we can't play around with. Transfer to, to stewardship. You got to know what thus saith the Lord. You got to let people live it out Ooh, get it, you know, be patient. Watch it work through their lives. I want it to be said of all of us from Bible study, all the way to council to, to this pulpit and the various pulpits in this church. For I delivered it unto you, first of all, that which I also received. Right? It makes preaching, it takes the edge off of it. All I'm, t- all I'm telling y'all is what the Lord told me
1: to tell you. That's it. Next, disciples must be led by the Spirit.
0: I mean, hey, listen. Listen. Because in discipleship, you know what can happen is you start learning a little bit and you start, your flesh will try to discipline itself. Discipline, discipleship, they sound similar. They are not the same. <laughs> not the same. And now, behold, I go bound in the spirit into Jerusalem. I love that. Bound in the spirit. Not bound by chains. Not yet. <laughs> That's coming. <laughs> but. Bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Save the Holy Ghost, witnesseth in every city, saying saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things neither count I myself dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry, which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Guys, listen, we got to be Holy Spirit led. And you know when your flesh is taken over. Listen, the minute that you are tired, offended, that you're getting the uh, credit that's due you, you are defensive, that's the flesh. Those are all traits of the flesh. But if you understand that it's a privilege and you feel like, man, it's an honor, and I love the sacrifice and however long that conversation is, and when you look at your phone, you pick it up and you just... Man, I'm you know, like, telling that you that you're in my life like this. Oh, that's the spirit. It's, remember, your flesh has an expiration date. It's like spoiled milk. And you know, that stuff stinks. And then you pour it out and it's cottage cheese and it's worse. <laughs> disgusting, right? Don't be disgusting. We said this twice. There's two ways. <laughs> Next. Disciples must not only be learners, Uh uh-oh, here's the transition, but stewards. Disciples must not only be learners, but stewards. I love in verse 26, he says, Wherefore I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. See, listen, something. Never forget, this life is being viewed by God and the people here on earth. Everybody's watching. And in 1 Thessalonians 2 10, it says, you are witnesses and God also how holily and justly and unblamably we behaved ourselves among thee. as you now uh, know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children, that ye are worthy of God who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. That's why you know you're being watched. It's not that I'm worried about, oh, you know, I got to put on airs and all that stuff. If I'm walking in the spirit and I understand that I'm making this transition, I want to do it in a way so the ministry's not blamed. I'm trying to invite people into a space for them to really, I'm to invite people into a space where they will not only consider, but that they may even find to love it themselves, that they will partner with me in this. That's what's at stake. This is why we cannot just be
1: learners, but we have to move and stewards as well. So how is that stewarding going? See, here here are two things really from verse 27.
0: For I've not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. And number one, we must learn the word for ourselves to verify (laughs) what we were given. We've seen this, y'all. We've been studying in Galatians how we know this is a, an issue is because we know what they're tripping on in, in Galatians. The whole idea is they had been gospel been given freedom, and they tied themselves up. Why? Is it the fame of the Jews? Well, maybe, maybe they got a little more space with God, so I need to do it like they do it. No, you, Paul gave you the truth. Galatians 1, 7 through 10 which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and will pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be a curse. As we said before, so say I now again if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Highly critical. Learn for yourself what thus saith the word of God. The second thing is we in the integrity of what we were taught by repeating the same.
1: First Corinthians eleven twenty-three. For I've received the Lord that which I also delivered unto you at the Lord Jesus the same night, in which he was. And so listen. Let me give you the, these real quick. Stewards are ever watchful. And write this down. Jeremiah thirteen twenty. Stewards must be intimate with God. Stewards are ever watchful before and then... Let's be intimate with God. For the sake of time, I would love to get into that more with you. Stewards have integrity.
0: I have to read this. (laughs) 2 Corinthians 7.2, I love it. It says, receive us. Why? We have wronged no man. We have corrupted no man. We have defrauded no man.
1: That's what integrity will do for you. And then lastly, stewards take ownership. And this is where we're going to
0: be done at right here. But le- listen, I want you to understand something. The labor that it is that I'm trying to put before you, and even that Paul is laying out for these leaders, is it strengthens weak hands, Isaiah 35.3. It bears the infirmities of the weak, Romans 15.1. Uh, it goes out of the way to not be burdened, 2 Corinthians eleven nine 9, and 12. It's slow to speak and diligent to whatever God has called us to, in 1 Thessalonians 4, 11. It ministers to the physically sick, Hebrews 12, 12, and 13, and then is empathetic towards those that are incarcerated. And so, again, I want to ask you, how's your stewardship? you have that heart? Have you transitioned? Are you in a place of transition and just being a learner and loving to hear good preaching?
1: To now, you're at this point where you said, I know. On this false humility that we
0: have that I'm incapable and blah, 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 all of that stuff. Nobody, listen, nobody's capable. We are the most foolish. The ones that are up front are the most foolish.
1: Right, so you guys know me, nobody's capable, and so
0: my charge to you is this that you would go back, look at these things, and kind of look for that thread from discipleship to stewardship. And you really need to start asking yourself, Do you have that thread in your own life?
1: Okay, let's pray,
0: Heavenly Father. Lord, thank you for today and just, uh, Lord, the truth of your word that even slayed me. And Lord, I pray that not only uh, this beautiful assembly of believers, but myself as well. Lord, I would also steward as you've provided opportunity. And so, Lord, uh, we are grateful. We are we are so grateful for what you've done on the cross, the finished work
1: there. And then, Lord, you've opened the door for us to have purpose and, and meaning. help us to do that. Lord, help us to not tremble at the things that we see
0: to the point that we are arrested in our fear, but that, Lord, we would be free to move and do what it is that you have called
1: us to do. Lord, I thank you. I love you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.